Oso. Uh, no one. More about gel coat. When the fourth round. Don't you call in the. Well, doesn't look good already. Okay. Jumbo Scampi for limited. All for a price that will make you. Hello, 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 and welcome to Queued Up. My name is Stephen Mokler, one of your hosts. And spoiler alert, in every generation, there is a chosen one, and I am not that one. <laughs> and hello, I'm Jamie Hill, your other host. And spoiler alert, I've eaten my weight in macarons today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tired of macarons. Sounds- <laughs> um. Okay, well, that sounds tasty, but let's get our guest in here um, and have her introduce herself, and then we'll talk about some just what we've been watching on TV lately. Great. Hi, guys. It's Sarah. Um, and and do I do the thing now? Do okay, I spoil- if you want a spoiler alert, that's fine. Uh, spoiler alert, I drank um, some of my cough syrup last night and thought my coats were moving and had to rearrange my whole bedroom to sleep. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, this uh, these uh, the sicknesses have been going around this week. Yeah, one antibiotic. That's now. like one reason why I'm glad that we do this remote because I can't catch any of your terms now. <laughs> Both of you. Yeah, off but, that uh, off that syrup. Yep, gotta stay away. Well, uh, so what have uh, what have what's you, what have you been watching, Sarah? What uh, what shows have you been into? So I've been watching a lot, as per usual. Um, I recently watched this awesome cartoon that you guys would love, actually, and it's called Summer Camp Island. It is. Uh, a created it's created by the person who does um, was on Adventure Time the Adventure oh, yeah. Time staff so it's one of that like whole crew just finished yeah. that yeah I've seen some it felt it the what I've seen of it felt kind of like uh, uh, like the uh, like Gravity Falls meets like Camp Camp you know yeah and so it I'm was, into both of that so it had a little like over the garden wall feel to it also oh, like the man. style I'm always really chasing am. that over the garden wall feel. That's all you have to say there. I'm 100% yeah. there. Um, also, everyone, it? there's just one season of um, that right now, but it is so wholesome and good. And, of course, it has beautiful like music because don't all good cartoons now have good? They have to, or it's not a good cartoon. <laughs> or it's not worth watching, Better. yeah. Uh, and then everybody up here has been really obsessed with Shit's Creek. Oh, I'm obsessed with Shit's Creek. <laughs> I got to get yeah. on that Shit's Creek canoe. Yeah. So good. Uh, I love yeah. it so much. I'm only about Fourth halfway through that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good. I started season three, um, and it's been it's been very like I think the accents are my favorite part. Like I can't, you can't read what their accents are. This family, you're just like, are they British or what? Are, are they Valley Girl? What's what's the accent we're going for here? Man, I've heard way too much good about that show to not have watched an episode yet. So good. I think it's like with all, um, 
I the obviously the thing that was hard for a lot of people to get into it was the title because I've seen it on Netflix. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they put like the first season there as soon as it aired, uh, but I was turned off by the title. And I think if you don't know like where the character arcs actually end up going, like you don't have an idea that they actually get better. The first season is really grating, <laughs> but once you know that, like, oh wait, no, they don't stay awful the whole time, then you can like recommit and keep going. I watched it all in like three days. It was uh, it was a problem, but not one, not one I regret. <laughs> it was, um... Yeah, I've been really enjoying it, and I had just finished like the new Good Place finale. Oh man, I was late on the draw oh, on that one. So great. And oh. then, of course, it's the last city season of uh, Broad City, and so I'm avidly watching that and applying for the sweepstakes every week. Yeah, yeah. I just want to meet Abby and Alana. They're my idols. Yeah. I want to go to that party. Yes. L.A. or New York. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. And then, of course, whenever I'm sick, I always want to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I think that's like... All right. So before we jump, before we cue that up, we're going to have some snacks and we're going to today we're going to play a little bit of a game. But first, we want to hear about your favorite TV watching snack. Um, My favorite TV watching snack by far is pizza rolls. Um, Oh, yeah, that is a good. That's great. That's kind of like a like a TV watching hors d'oeuvre, though, like. It's a there's more going into that than uh, our previous snacks, popcorn and Cheez Its. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not real TV binging food, um, but this has meat and cheese, so it so it is it is that a real is. TV binging food. Yeah. Now, are you a, a, a pizza roll purist? You only like the the Totino's pizza roll. Are you? Can you like branch into bagel bites and? Yeah, throwing a. Pizza or like, every do you ever do you like Pepperidge Farms pizza things? They're fancy. Sometimes. Have you ever just gone whole hog and done like a hot pocket? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think any type of pizza is good for watching TV. Any form of pizza, so I wouldn't say at all I'm a purist. But I would say that pizza rolls, like the classic, are by far the best TV watching food because you can buy a whole bag. They just pop and, like. Yeah, and you can just like decide if you want twelve more later in the season that you've watched all the way. So like it's it gives you options. And it's I don't know I don't know if you guys dip your pizza rolls in ranch. Oh my god, I was just bite off if you just bite off the top and then it's like a scoop. It's perfect. Perfect, perfect food for that. Yeah, I've never done that, but I will have to do that. My question is: Do you get? Do you like? microwave it or do you get bad and bougie and fire up the old oven or do you have a toaster oven i could never wait for for that (laughs) (laughs) there's a reason microwaves exist and so i think we should just be grateful for them and utilize them at moments like like pizza roll time are you just gonna sit there and smell them while they bake no it's not the Mm -hmm. point of pizza yeah and i also feel like 
I feel like it's part of the experience, like scooping the molten cheese off of your plate that like always pops out of a pizza I roll. Was, and, like I was just about to say that is the best part because like because it gets like fried on the bottom. Oh man! Mm-hmm. And maybe you'll get a second degree burn. It's the best. It's worth. <laughs> it's worth it. Less likely than hot pockets. Hot pockets are a second degree burn. Hot pockets just it's. A dangerous, fluid-filled thing you're putting into your mouth. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I'm glad Hot Pockets weren't my favorite snack. Um, but, yeah. yeah, pizza rolls for the win. Uh, <sighs> it's like, I feel like now we're just, like, Hot Pockets are the Netflix and chill of snacks. Like, you think it's a good idea, but... You're just and then there's mo- molten lava down your throat. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, okay. Really getting to the heart of some problems here, you guys. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Me too. Has science gone too far? <laughs> oh well, this is. I see now I don't even want to play the game that it's not even it's just like a multiple choice game um but we're just having too much fun I we I just uh, all right so obviously right Buffy we're gonna be talking about Buffy and so I've got some trivia questions about the tv show to get us warmed up so let me go ahead and pull out my notes getting your notes um play talking about the snacks really made me think back to the time jamie you introduced me to putting butter on pop tarts oh man melting the butter into a hot pop tart and i just feel like anyone listening needs to know that trick right now so it's the best thing ever there's a lot of a lot of good food tips you can learn from a 250 pound man (laughs) (laughs) i also have you're the only person i've seen make um baklava in real life so i mean i'm impressed enough with that i do what i, I do what i can no me and sarah had the best snacks we used to watch buffy <laughs> fire up a whole pizza make brownies Jeez, louise so i have my quiz here can you still hear me yes all right you're pulled off. back now we'll start off really easy and then hopefully it'll get really really hard all right. So, right out the gate, why did Joss Whedon create Buffy? Friend and star, so choice A, friend and star Sarah Michelle Gellar asked him to adapt it to TV. B, he wanted to subvert established horror tropes. C, he was terrified of vampires as a little kid, but a blonde babysitter pretended to help him slay them around the house <laughs> to get over his fear. Huh. Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's B, but I think C sounds way better. So yeah, my choice is maybe C. tie. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah says B. Jamie, what do you say? I'll say C. Uh, Sarah's right. He wanted oh. to subvert established horror tropes. He was tired of seeing blonde women go down alleyways to have sex, which <laughs> I, I guess that happens a lot. 
and, and coming out <laughs> murdered instead of murdering whoever they went in with. In horror movies. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, that makes uh, sense. All right. So one point for Sarah. She's a winner. Yeah, the tropes okay. are the best. Yeah. yeah. Question two. Can I pick the same so answer? So obviously, that we know she does? Buffy is a really big deal, and it has become such a big deal that it has spawned its own academic field of study. What is the name of this field of study? Option A, Slayology. Option B, Slayer Fest. Option C, Slayage. <laughs> None of those suck. Uh, <laughs> those are all great. Was B, Slayer Fest? <laughs> Is that okay. what you said? Is that what you said? We've got option A, Slayology. Option B, Slayerfest. Option C, Slayage. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with A. Yeah. I'm, could be equal. I'm going just because I don't want to pick the same answer. So I'm going to go with C again. Jamie's right. It's called yeah. Slayage. Slayage. Not Slayology. <laughs> Slayer Fest is an actual, like, get-together conference right. for those Buffy people. Um, but Slayage is what you can major, major in in college now. Okay. Well, I wish I had known that sooner. <laughs> no, right? So what would you call someone who graduates in that? A Slayer? A Slayer. Like a right. BA in Slayer. You got a badass in Slayer. <laughs> and a minor in Beyonce. Oh, that's a good one. Life goals. Oh. All right. Question number three. We're going to, now we're going to, so we've talked a little bit about there's this whole academic field. Now we're going to dive right into the research. All right. And because there's some pretty, there's some pretty out there stuff. All right. Let's so, do it. According to, Ecologist Brian Thomas, Vampire Ecology of the Jaspers. How many vampires can Sunnydale's population actually support? Ooh. Option A, 18. Option B, 33. Option C, 42. Mm, I'm going to go with B because I'm bad at numbers. Um, and there, there never seemed to be as many as forty. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, around. I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna say twelve. Well, that's <laughs> not answer, Jamie. Um, what was, what was that? Eighteen. <laughs> I guess why explain your answers? So, Sarah, you said you don't normally see as many as forty in uh, Sunnydale. Yeah, and you, I mean, you definitely never see as few as 18. Like, they're all over the fucking place. Yeah, I'm going with eight, 18, because I feel like the most there were was when, like, Drusilla was in town at one time. So there yeah. was, like, and there was, like, maybe, maybe 20. But okay. I'm going to say 18. All right. This point goes to Jamie, two to one. Awesome. So obviously there is no such thing. You know, the real answer here guys is 
zero. <laughs> Vampires don't exist. Um, I hate to break it to you. It's just tragic. Wait. But actually, there are using some assumed constants. This guy, Brian Thomas, was able to come up using the actual model of how many predators can your ecosystem support come up with the answer 18 vampires in Sunnydale at any one time. And we don't know, you know, out migration, in migration, to Scylla. I mean, Spike's, Spike's killing like half the people in town. Yeah, you got At one point. Got a lot of variables for old Sunnydale. Um, all right. So a lot of very, a lot of relatively famous people showed up on Buffy, but some of them decided not to be part of the slayage, not a part of the Whedon verse. Drama. Heart throb. Turn down a role in Buffy. Is King of the 90s, Justin Taylor Thomas, Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, or Yes Daddy, John Stamos. Can you repeat the question? Yes. Which heartthrob turned down a role in Buffy? So option A, King of the 90s, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Option B, Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. Or option C, Yes Daddy, John Stamos. <laughs> I, I think it's A, um, just because that was kind of like the crowd. It's like pretty people. But it could easily be. John Stamos. I just, I, I can't, I can't deal with the fact that Ryan Reynolds may have been in Buffy and decided not to be. So I'm, I'm going to delete that out of my whole, like, knowledge. That's a, that's a tough one. So I'm going to, I'm going to actually, I'm going to go with B, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I feel like, I feel like I could have seen him in it easily. Mm. Sarah, are you sure Buffy is your favorite TV show? It was Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I'm so upset about all. Of I mean, that's probably why I don't know because I'm just going to forget that we ever talked about this as we, of right uh, now. We like, probably should have rigged this way, game for the guests to win, huh? Way more enjoyed that. No, I've learned a lot. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've appreciated this. I mean, I've I've read literal books about Buffy where like people wrote like like famous people wrote their thoughts and feelings about different episodes and seasons and arcs and whatnot. So like, it's always good to learn more about your favorite thing. So his reasoning for why he, when Joss Whedon offered him the part and he turned it down was because he had just graduated from high school and it was fucking miserable and he didn't want to go back and play a character who was going through high school all over again. Yeah. That sounds like that makes him. sense. That's why that's why John Samos was out for me is he was already a daddy <laughs> in full house. So Yeah. That I feel like that would have really broken the fourth wall or something. <laughs> he doesn't fit there. David Boriani was probably like what? And he's playing a two hundred year old vampire. We weren't really playing uh, <laughs> That's true. So Kelly was like probably twenty six. And she's playing a 16-year-old. What? What? She seems super 16 in that first season, though. Mm. Like, I mean, I'm one of those 25-year-old people who look like they're in high school, but I think I think she really especially did. Committed to her craft. 
Yeah. Uh, she played a high schooler a couple times. When she was Daphne, she was a high schooler, too. She does that a lot. She's good at it. Mm-hmm. Got a few more questions. All right, we'll see if Sarah can even it up. Maybe even come out on top. <laughs> and we'll, we'll keep... Okay? So, Let's question number four. What creepy pop culture character served as a reference... For the gentleman in Hush, the mm. nearly silent episode from season four. Was it A, Michael Myers, B, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, or C, Roy Cohn, longtime New York fixer and former President Trump mentor and eventual backstab victim? All right, you're going to have to repeat those answers for me because they were they were complicated and I want to want to think them through. So, A, Michael Myers, B, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, or C, Roy Cohn, longtime New York fixer and former Trump mentor and later backstabbed. You know, I know what I want it to be, but I, I don't know that I should let that cloud my judgment. What do you want it to be? Uh, I definitely want it to be C, because that would be hilarious. But that just feels like like it's uh it's thrown in there as like a a new reference to throw me off track and bring me back into my current state of mind. Um, and I go to Buffy for the '90s, so I, I guess I guess I'll I'll say. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. That's pretty 90s. The <laughs> Simpsons were, were pretty 90s. So what do you say, Jamie? I'm going to I'm gonna say, uh, I'm going to say A, Michael Myers. And the point goes to Sarah. It was Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. <laughs> other references that they considered, Pinhead from Hellraiser. And that's the only other one I can remember. But... There you go. There's some Okay. Uh, Mr <laughs> Mr. Burns is terrifying, so that works. The gentlemen are the scariest part of Buffy. Like oh I don't my have, God. like like try it's, sh- show me a vampire after that. That's fine, whatever. Like <laughs> All right. Feeling good. Feeling strong. Feeling good. Eyes <laughs> eyes what is it? Who knows it? Uh oh crap. Eyes. Whatever. Insert Friday night lights. Clear. Heartful, something like that. I think it's backwards. <laughs> Clear hearts. There's no one can lose. Open heart, free minds. <laughs> okay, obviously, uh, sports shows are not what we're here to talk about today. That's clearly <laughs> not our genre here. Why was Buffy killed in season five? Option A, 9 11. Option <laughs> Moved networks. Sarah Michelle Geller threatened to quit. Oh, I, I do know this one. This one is uh, option B, because uh, I'll explain later. But go ahead, Jamie. You well, ah, <laughs> uh, I was gonna say C anyway. So even though Sarah seems to be confident in her rightness, I'm gonna go with C. Sarah, all that book reading has, all that book learning has paid <laughs> off. You're right. 
It's because they switched networks. It was originally broadcast on the WB, and it moved to UPN. Isn't that an acronym we haven't heard in forever, UPN? <laughs> yeah. Does it even exist? Does anyone know? It can't. Is it dead in a ditch? Should we call 911, send out a search party? <laughs> I think it's okay where it is. It's already done what it came here to do, which was revive <laughs> Buffy. Um, and I, I was actually reading about this, shocker, that it was like uh, WB, I guess, or whatever the parent company was, had recently bought stakes in UPN. So that's why they switched networks and gave everybody a, a, a worry. So mm. there you go. Some backstory. It's good to have someone that knows something about the show we're talking about. Yeah. It was also going to be a series finale, which is why it feels so final. But we just couldn't let her go because she was bringing in the big bucks. Nope. Money, 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 money. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we should jump into you now. That was great, by the way. I hope yeah. my question and they were They were great. I very much enjoyed that. We've been trying to bring in more games. Yeah, um, I like it. So, and Sarah, you really crushed it. I'm really proud of you. I'm just <laughs> so, so proud. You're just good at this. This <laughs> so is like now. the only kind of thing that I want to be good at, you know? <laughs> so I really appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, on that note, we've already talked a little bit about Buffy, but we're going to jump in the queued up section uh of the show and so sarah why don't you start us off by telling us why you decided to cue this up for us this week um yeah for sure i mean buffy is definitely one of the best like feminist fun campy shows that there there is from the 90s which just folds in all of the things that i love um clearly she is a badass warrior slayer um, there can only be one, and that's Buffy, who is like a blonde at one point cheerleader from California. And she makes this group of friends, which is really wholesome and nice. There's a lot of loyalty and love and like misadventures along the way. So um, I, I definitely think it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time, just because the cast is so well put together. Mm-hmm. And what we were talking about a little earlier with like, Joss Whedon like turning tropes on their head he does it so well that you're just like fall in love with all these tropes all over again um yeah so so that's like my briefest explanation I can give for for why I love Buffy that is that the campiness is definitely I was trying to explain to someone that hadn't seen the show today at work they were like so why why do you like it and I was like I just love the camp of it. And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, it's hard to explain campiness unless you, I have like an example in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Classic dilemma. <sighs> well, it sounds like it was really, it's been like really important to you. And like, when did you discover Buffy, Sarah? So I can, I actually had some friends in high school who were like obsessed with the show and uh, I guess it, it had already been out for a long time. I mean, it's seven seasons, and most of them are very long. So it's it's like a whole thing to watch before Netflix and whatnot. 
and they had the DVDs of a lot of them. And so I would like watch the DVDs on my laptop and get all obsessed. And then I was gifted the final season um, of DVDs as part of my secret Santa gift from one of those friends that year. And ever since then, it's just like, like, you know, it's been been a beautiful part of my life to grow up with Buffy. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I bet that beats everybody else's answer, huh? <laughs> that's a yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. oh wow. Well, that's great. So, well, that's cool. I remember. I remember Buffy mainly from reruns. It always seemed to, and also the more. I don't. I think Charmed went longer after Buffy. So I remember it, but it being part of that, um, kind. there was just this vibe in the 90s, right, to TV shows. And I feel like Buffy definitely had that vibe. Oh, for sure. Um, She crushes that vibe. And then, like, they were all on, like, one after the other in the afternoons when you get home from school. So it was, like, exactly pretty much that, like, time frame that they owned. Yeah. Magic and drama. That's where it happened. I wish I had found the show. I did. I did not find this show until I was in college. So I'm. I was way behind the curve. Uh, but a great show. I. I. I wish I had found it earlier. Yeah, it was great to rewatch several times in college, <laughs> multiple times. So it's always a point in your life where you need Buffy. Yeah. What do you what do you admire so much about Buffy? Like the character, not just the TV show. I should be a little bit more. Right. Uh, right. Well, I, I actually kind of love that like this stuff go more towards the TV show, but also towards Buffy's characterization that like it, it Buffy, you know, spawned out of this movie that like was pretty ridiculous and people like Have you seen the movie? I have seen parts of the movie. I have mostly fallen asleep watching it because, like I'm saying, it's really not, like, a gripper. Um, It's not, like, that great. Um, uh, But (laughs) it was kind of, like, a goofy, like, wannabe horror film thing that people, like, made a lot of fun of. And then they transitioned from that into this, like, heartfelt, you know, fully rounded, like, person who loves her family and loves her friends and has like her own issues with romance like every woman does and I think it was just watching her kind of go through all the phases of life and continue to be super strong even in the worst like most human moments which is another part of the show that I love um you know getting to like see her be okay through all of that and that's I think any woman and like any person really can relate to, to most of the feelings that are portrayed in the show and by Buffy. That's dope. <clears throat> so one of the things that I read about while getting ready for the show and about Slayage, besides the really like, like ridiculous thing, like how many vampires can <laughs> support in this ecosystem <laughs> was about what, the reason why uh, Buffy's become there is slayage, like there is like Buffy, you know, why is there slayage and not charmage or you know whatever? And it's because um, you know, and this is true for a lot of things in the Whedon verse. Uh, 
he's really good about making shows that um, are kind of allegorical. So they were very allegorical. And so in, um, like you said, Buffy, she's going through the seasons of life, but you know, her monsters aren't just the actual monsters. They become stand-ins for the literal monsters become the stand-in for the figurative monsters that she is facing and i guess everyone in the show is facing um you know so you've got you know fear of group dynamics or fear of sex or um you know fear of rejection and these things literally come to life and attack her and she's able to stake them uh yes. and dust and that them feels good so yes. <laughs> yeah Uh, I guess it's like thinking about that. Do you, um, you know, are there any episodes that stick out to you as like really, do you agree? I guess, do you agree with that statement? Do you like agree with that idea? And if you do, is there anything like you would point to, to be like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I, I mean, it definitely starts out that way. Like I would say the whole first season is, blatantly like an allegory for you know that exact issue like having something in your life that seems so simple in high school and she's in high school at the start of the show so she's like dealing with high school problems and they also just happen to come with vampires or witches or whatever the the monster of the week is you know toxic male masculinity becomes toxic male um shark players who are (laughs) i i I don't think they're sharks but they're some sort of fish monster right yeah yeah that that one i was thinking that one and then the uh the the cool kids group where they turn into hyenas is the episode i I was thinking of yeah and they eat the principal Yeah, that was great. I mean, um, and that also made way for the new principal who we all love to hate. So I think it was very important. Um, But yeah, I I loved seeing all of those things happen like real time. A lot of people don't like the first season, but, you know, I think it it eventually graduated into what it became. And it's definitely a lot, lot campier that first season. Like it is it's it's deep entrenched in in the campiness in the first season and and they kind of get out of that later but yeah i can i can understand why some people don't like it but that first season if you're looking for for prime buffy that's that's where it is yeah it ain't it. yeah i think um, that's also where well, the like one... go ahead uh, i was just gonna say you know one of the so like going you talked a little bit about how uh, was adapted from the movie and the reason why like the wb was even willing to take a chance on it was because it was this new the wb itself was a new thing so by virtue of being a new program like a new tv channel like there was no money zero money (laughs) so uh obviously to start out uh the show you know it got more money and i'm sure that's one of the reasons why it kind of it probably got better as it went along so or better looking yeah it definitely did definitely better effects in the later seasons (laughs) (laughs) but i also let me just say that's one of my favorite parts of buffy is how like kind of ridiculous the the earlier shows were like um like just Mm -hmm. the 
just the like CGI and those types of things. Oh, like we're just talking strictly visuals here. Like those early vamp transformations <laughs> were something else. Okay. Like, we were talking, there's something about shows in the nineties. CGI in the nineties is just so bad. It's worse than what it was. I be- like anything like animated in the eighties, like the stuff that they did in the nineties was just so bad. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it's so worth it. It's so it's worth so it. Worth... I, I think it almost adds to it at this point because you're immediately thrown back into that time of your life, I guess. Oh, yeah. um, and I was reading, like, a definitive list of the best um, Buffy episodes <laughs> a couple days ago, just refreshing my memory of my favorites. And someone made a reference to how, like, um, this is definitely, like, a big part of the... I think it's season two finale. It might be season three. We can check my numbers later. But uh, the the graduation from high school, um, the mayor turns into like a giant, <laughs> a giant monster snake. dragon snake thing. Yeah. And, and it's just <laughs> the worst like CGI that you could possibly ask for. Like it's it's horrible and it's amazing at the same time. And that's why it's... people love it. So that snake CGI is, I swear it's the exact same snake CGI from Scorpion King. Like, it's so bad. And it's so recognizable, though. It's, it's yeah, it's something else. And it just, like, it's such a serious, like, finale um, in, in places for them, this, like, ridiculous monster. Ooh, to, it, was, to... it comes right after, right after, uh... What's his name's speech about how, oh, we know Buffy's been taking care of us forever. Yeah, yeah. They have like a prom the night before graduation or something and give her an award. Oh, so beautiful. And then all the high schoolers fight together against the monster snake guy. So I think that's one of the best moments of that, like whole arc of the high school because you don't oh, think anybody's yeah. really getting it they're all just like going about their days and then they're like we recognize you for your hard work and giving up your youth for us to not get vampired yeah, we don't we don't understand exactly what it is but we know you're doing something <laughs> we will bring stakes to graduation for you well, I, it's like <laughs> that was one of the big things in like season one like kids are just disappearing right it's just like what the fuck like you think there would be more of an outcry from the adults about you know like hey yeah we're just my kid we just lost kids but they're just gone bye yeah i think that the parents of of buffy are actually another layer that like just is so important in a lot of ways like particularly for Buffy because she has Joyce her mother of course who's like everybody's 90s mom just like you know horrified at all the things that her daughter does and still being like but you go out there and get them sweetheart Um, then there's Giles of course who is the father figure because her own father is super absentee somewhere else in California we see him like twice and it's always weird and I did not like it but Giles way better father figure to have around accent helps the library helps Um, how sexy he is helps yeah I dig the whole Giles thing (laughs) when you find out the episode where you find out that he was um the Ripper, 
right? Yeah. Isn't that the title they give him? Oh, like, yeah. That's what... He's bad. It's just like, yes, Giles. Like, I love the accent. I love the dad vibe. But I also like that you could kill me. When, when him and Joyce have so, sex on it... the hood of a car? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is also that's... one of my favorite episodes. That's, when all that the, like... chocolate episode is so good. Yeah. Yeah, that one's a great one. And her mom is like totally being Buffy, and there's no like. I mean, they're clearly just like copying things Buffy said in other episodes, <laughs> like throwing it back in her face. And I, I love when people expect Buffy to be the grown up, and she's just like, "Oh my god, fine, fine." <laughs> that's that's a life lesson you learn from Buffy right there. Sometimes you just gotta be the adult and be like, "All right, I'll handle it." <laughs> Everybody else mm. just. Sit down. I guess. <coughs> Excuse me. Step back. Shut up. Or I guess have sex on the hood of a car. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, talking about that, and I don't, if there are like, if there's like um, a set of plot points we want to discuss, that's totally cool. But I also think that's something I love about Buffy is like the the embracing of her sexuality in the time when like the nineties were really like making that more prevalent that like women have, you know, well, sex lives and this is how it affects things. And it's like totally a force of power for Buffy in several ways that I'm happy to go into. Force the power that toys Sunnydale. She has sex with yeah. Angel and boom, he's evil. So yeah. <laughs> what? Um, do you, do you still find that empowering? I guess I like kind of reconciling that view of like, I feel so I, I read an article about this and just talking okay. about the way that sexuality is expressed in the Buffy verse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oftentimes when it, it's the women doing the sexing, bad things happen. And then when it's the guys doing the sexing, like not, like, not necessarily good things, but not bad things happen either. So you know, in Buffy's case, she gets into that really weird, like, sex relationship with um, Spike. Yeah. That's, that was, and like, a, a time, time that, she, that I just Buffy. hated it. Yeah. No, I loved I loved it. I mean, I'm, you know, I, teenage Sarah loved it, and so now adult Sarah loves it, too. And, I, yeah, I'm totally team team Spike and, and um and Buffy and I know there are definitely parts of that relationship that were horrible and terrible and wrong um and I'm I'm not excusing those things but also he was like literally a soulless monster who you know actually took steps to improve himself whereas everyone else she was with was either like was like already good so yeah yeah I have a lot of a lot of a lot of weird stuff did happen when she had sex though the, yeah the, the the soul thing yeah uh the halloween party yeah. episode where mm-hmm. they just like fucked for hours and the and whole the house, house just crazy. started killing people yeah yeah oh, another great episode but i mean yeah i hear you and then and then there's the time that she and spike have sex and literally the house falls down around uh, yeah Yes. I mean, don't forget that one because that's really what I came here for. You a know? house, or was it the crypt? It might have been the crypt. 
there were definitely beams falling. I mean, yeah, what do you want yeah. from me? <laughs> yeah, same, same thing either way. But I think, you know, like, going back to what you were saying, Stephen, about, like, do I still see that as empowering? Like, I think that the ultimate results of all of those plots are empowering, if you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like yes, Angel does become evil, but, like, she still gets up and does what she has to do. And, like, it hurts her. But in the in the end, she, like, does what she has to do. And then, yeah, uh, yeah the thing with Riley, that gets fixed somehow. I didn't... I, Riley was my thing that I didn't even like. I'm Indeed. like... Riley's a little so bitch. Boring. He was basically just, like, a G.I. Joe doll. Like, you could have just stood him in the corner and everybody <laughs> would have been just as satisfied. You know? Um, and, <laughs> and, and I think bringing buildings down, crypts or, or houses is pretty, like, powerful stuff. That's the end of the song. And you like you can't fake that, right? You can't just bring a house down because you want to bring a house down. Like you really gotta be into it. But I want to apologize. I shouldn't have framed the question like putting you on like defend your favorite show. Um, <laughs> not, just, I don't feel that way. <laughs> it, uh, but I just think it's um I think one of the interesting things is with the the dark without the darker elements of um the relationship with spike i agree with you that i think that when she does have sex it's very empowering um because you see her she is making a choice and you know at least in the moment it feels good and it's consensual and it's not you know what happens afterward you know whether or not you know her soulmate gets his soul back or loses his soul entirely or you know a crypt comes down you know regardless um yeah i think that was a big bold move to show like she she was interested in those people like she you know there was a she wasn't just pursued yeah yeah I, I I feel that I think that you know oh and also you know, for a lot of women like I and like I keep saying women but I I think she's such a like uh, she's obviously the embodiment of like female power so I go back to that like female identity a lot of the time like I think you know those like you said you can like have that power have like a good idea of the person that you're getting into this with and then and then you have sex and then things go wrong and like that's you know a pretty truthful portrayal a lot of the time of like how things can go after sex complicates things yeah so. definitely agree and well and i wanted to speak to like you know you say you talk about the women empowerment but i think it shows like especially with xander's character like a mm -hmm. uh, model of a man who can step back and know like it's not even Xander doesn't step back he has nothing to step up with like he always knows that he is going to be he's not a witch he's not the slayer he is you know not a you know he's just a goofy guy yeah. but he's still he's still there to uh support Buffy and Willow and them no matter what and he's not upset about it I mean sometimes he does and we see like but like when he gets upset about it and he tries to act on it, negative things happen, mm -hmm. right? Like he tries to, he, you know, he becomes part of the group that eats the principal and <laughs> you know, like all of that. Like you see like, Hey, yeah, you can be a toxic, you know, indulge in that toxic masculinity. He, uh, yeah, that. no, he, he definitely, he has a lot like that. The other one where he, uh, wishes, you know, uh, that 
Willow wasn't in love with him, and then every other woman's in love with him in the town, right? And it almost kills him. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely it when he when he shows his toxic masculinity, it definitely uh, backfires on him. Yeah, and I I think it's good to like see him work through those things too. You know, like he like like those are two very like explicit examples. But a lot of the time he'll be like, I'm not the sidekick, and then he'll be like, Oh, I like I'm kind of the sidekick. So, you know, that's something that he he grows into and his you know, friendship and love with like these two women make it worth those uncomfortable feelings. And I think friendship is such a part of the heart of Buffy that like, you know, they turn from friends to family. So, well, and I, I agree with that a hundred percent because you see, like you said, like her dad is out of the picture. A lot of the parents are out of the picture. And even yeah. when they do uh, like, it's not the best, which I think is more an indictment of like, er, like early mid late nineties, you know, marriage culture, early two thousands marriage culture than it is um, anything that they were doing. But the emphasis on like choosing your family and um, you know, just making your way in the world with the people. I think that's one of the reasons like when they transition to college is so great, and then that ends up being where because I think it's like the first two seasons are in high school and then the last, you know, five are all out of it or at college and in the real world and yeah. really like, you know, seeing them have to make those choices, um, that, you know, about who's going to be a part of their pack and part of who they are. Yeah. I, t- I think that's so true. And I, I love that, like who they collect along the way, I think makes all the difference. Like when they are finally in that, <clears throat> Let's just go to the the most important um, episode, basically, of ever that happened on Buffy. Um, uh, once more with feeling, oh the musical episode. If you didn't say once more with feeling, I was gonna argue with you. So I'm glad you said it. Um, yeah, that may be sad. my favorite episode of TV ever. <clears throat> That's what I like to watch when I'm sick. I'm just like, let me put this on, and I will feel better. Mm. But but yeah, I mean, you you see that like whole crew together and and it was it's just good casting like everybody just fits really well um and like you know people stick around from the beginning and kind of get collected along the way and i think they end up with such a solid core group there at the end um that you like care about all of them not maybe not equally but like a lot and uh, it's nice to see them all have to to grow in those like final seasons when they are like reaching adulthood um oh god such a good cast but, but yeah really like at is. that point they have dawn and they have anya, anya. who's such an underplayed character anya is the best anya is definitely other than like xander i, I always thought of myself as a xander uh <laughs> xander. uh, uh <laughs> anya was obviously my favorite because you know that's who Xander's in love with. So, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's a, a demon. and that's She's a demon. Great. I love it. And she chose to not be a demon, to be with a guy. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Anya, always doing the stupid thing. That's a that's a final episode reference, boys. So 
take that one home spit it out later um but yeah i feel like there were a lot of those smaller characters who just really snatched your heart um like definitely i'm thinking back to uh freaking oz, oz. Oh, yeah man. of course oz like if only there could have been more oz but then willow just imagine a world where Seth Green stayed on, and we don't have Robot Chicken. Like it'd be, it would have been great. Uh, that would be a better place. <laughs> but he had to leave and go do Family Guy and Robot Chicken. So. I mean, I think the world needed Family Guy because yeah, I, I understand. I so, it's fine. Just so much of it. Yeah. Right? Like somebody needs it. Like clearly. <laughs> <laughs> important medicine for someone out there you guys um but, but yeah i mean then allison hannigan my girl um uh, who's great in just everything everything she does really finds herself after that and i think you know it was important for her to to kind of take that next step into what you know is her identity really not only as like a lesbian but also as a witch and also as like just more super powerful person the most powerful person in the show so true and i i loved when she went crazy oh dude dark willow was so awesome i loved her murder spree man it was great it was great i I think that that's one of like that is it's something especially like in the 90s what is not explored you know except maybe in soap operas and i think it just makes for so much more compelling television like when a woman's like nope i'm done fuck you fuck this like kill my lover gonna kill you know like boom just black eyes and you're dead i just i think it makes healed all of your skin off or turn oh it out or whatever she does in that one scene that just ooh. <laughs> so i god when that sh- when that shot went through that window i lost my mind oh my god uh, so but, terrible yeah I feel like we're jumping around a lot this is how good this show was is we've <laughs> talked about a crazy scene from just about every season at this point <laughs> There always is one. And and I think, you know, talking about Tara's death, talking about, like, some of the, the important, like, things that make later Buffy so, like, well-rounded and, like, just human is that they do pull in a lot of, like, controversial, like, human issues. Like, you know, Tara wasn't, you know, vamped or, or stabbed at the poison demon knife or anything she just was shot in a way that happens to people every day and like i was thinking about some more of these earlier but we were talking about like sex like at one point like spike definitely tries to sexually assault buffy he doesn't i don't think have a soul at that point so like you know that's part of the controversy but like i that's that's something that people have to deal with in real life all the time and obviously i'm talking about Joyce as well and how yes oh my how just like heart-wrenching and real that whole scene is you know that the the episode that like I know you find out at the end of an episode but that next episode they don't put any 
background noise or anything. It's just them talking and shuffling. There's, there's no music in the episode. And so it's so, like, it just feels so crazy. That episode is nuts. It's still, it, like, haunts me. And what really haunts me is that they showed Dead Joyce uh, at the beginning of every episode for the rest of the fucking show. Mm. But... <laughs> Yeah. Yes, the, the I mean, when when human things happen, when things that aren't the supernatural, that's when it, it, it hits the hardest. That's when that yeah. show hits the hardest. It, it, it jumps out of kind of out of the campiness to, to be like, this is what this is real. Like this, you know, terrible things actually happen, not just vampires. Because, yeah. I mean, Joyce, you know, had cancer and like they were dealing with real stuff and then Buffy has to like deal with a lot of more real stuff and I think like you're saying it it had a great dynamic between like out there and totally like unconnected to reality and then like deeply rooted in like human emotion well I think that's like you know that's important for the show for any show that wants to try to do like a similar thing right is realizing like the reason why the camp is (coughs) why the real life moments hit so you you said it is because the camp it's disconnected from reality and so when it you know i guess that spark whenever it arcs back you know that tesla machine it arcs back into real life where you realize like oh wait no like school shootings and like oh no like sexual assault and oh no cancer death you know of someone who you really care about um you know those it, it is a literal shock. It's a literal like electrical impulse into your body where you're like, Oh wait, like no vampires aren't real, but like my mom dying could possibly be real you know, or is real. So yeah. But, um, so I guess, you know, we've talked a lot about characters, a lot about storylines. Sarah, do you have like, who are your favorite characters? Um, and what, you know, what moments did you fall in love with that? Mm-hmm. Do you like your, well, do you like your top three? Mm. Oh, that's super hard. Um, or we can like, flip I, it. We can do your so least many. favorite. Oh. Um, we can just talk about who you hate. <laughs> I honestly didn't hate that many. I mean, I hated Riley because Riley was just so boring i mean i like can't believe they kept him around for so long he was pretty but like other Mm. than that i mean and i didn't even think that storyline like was very interesting with this whole government conspiracy nonsense Mm. like just nonsense um but really that's the only character i hated the master was kind of dumb but important uh yeah I, i like I really like these characters, even the ones who are evil. Like I, I found joy in them. Like Drusilla is a great villain who you also like have a lot of emotions for because they give you her whole backstory of how like Angel made her super crazy and, and then made her a vampire. So yeah, she's crazy and evil, but she didn't do that. She used to be a really good person. Um, so I think that's, that's one good thing that all the, almost all the characters are my favorite, but Okay, top three. I mean, definitely Buffy, because I think all of the things about Buffy that I have said up till now are true. You know, she just she just is the, the powerhouse, and she keeps on trucking, even when there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, Dawn is definitely not going to be in my top three, because she is super whiny for, like, a person that doesn't <laughs> even exist. Okay? Um, 
<laughs> and then I would say Giles because he's also just so well-rounded and has such a cool backstory. Like, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but when he was like Ripper, he did all these like cool evil things. And then before that he was super smart. And then he like finally finds his way to Buffy and he clearly just like their relationship building is so good. Like there's, there's nothing like that I can relate it to on TV, except for maybe like, all the kids like relationships with all the like dad figures on full house, but like in a very different way, more interesting way. Um, yeah. And, and Giles, so think, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Finish up. Yeah. I mean, he just, he just is like, doesn't put up with her shit, but also like tries to allow her the space to be a person when that's clearly not his job. His job is to like soldier her up. Um, so yeah, I think, I think they had such a beautiful relationship and those are definitely in my top three. Um, I was going to say his song in once more with feeling about how he, he's not He's like, I, I wish I could, it's, I wish I could slay your demons. Um, but now that's time has passed. So he knows he's like, I've done everything I can for you. I just have to hope that that's enough and let you live your life and figure this out. And it's such a that 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 song hits me really hard about about how he's singing about like I've done everything I can and now I just have to hope that that's enough to save you. Yeah, and then he and Tara have that beautiful duet. Oh my oh, god! Oh my god! Because their voices are actually fucking amazing. Yeah, that's why they're the only two that get like multiple uh, long like moments like that Buffy did well though I, I'm, I'm proud of Sarah Michelle good yeah, work th- a great line is I think this line's mostly filler <laughs> yeah. because uh, she did not want to sing much yeah Allison Hannigan can't sing she can do just about anything else though and I mean I I know all of my top three are going to be in like the most classic like duh people but I, I would definitely have to say Willow is my next favorite because she's kind of like a cross between all of the coolest things of the 90s like you know she had like the witchy thing going on she was like exploring her sexuality you know there was werewolf then there was woman i mean you know who could ask for more and then she also just you know was like mixed in with some hermione granger like qualities that i really appreciated yeah Yeah. she did the computer she did books she did magic drugs shit, whatever yeah she did drugs she's done all the cool stuff she's the coolest one yeah for sure <laughs> she got high on that magic heroin yeah. oh that was a that was a weird i was like so during those episodes i was like shit that must be some good magic yeah yeah i mean that was another like i thought good way that they used like a side character multiple times without it seeming like ridiculous like amy kept coming back in kind of these like witchy situations and um and that i thought was really well played as well yeah i agree that was amy amy was one of those those good characters that that didn't stick around all the time but when she showed up she was stirring up some shit (laughs) yeah after she uh got out of her mom's body she really she really went wild 
No, it doesn't sound as good. But after she swapped back bodies with her mom, I guess. After she and her mom swapped bodies again, it was fine. She's not the one. Yeah, she's, she's not the one, the one that evil. was the. Okay, yeah, but she's not the one that they turned into a rat, right? Yes. No, that's, it is. Yeah, it's the bad. same person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they like switch her back, and then her mom is like trapped in the statue. Ugh. Which is like, you know, how do people not like these early episodes? That's that's brilliant. Yeah, that's such um, a good, such a good episode. Yeah, and then they have Oz bring it up later on. He's like, "Did you ever notice that this cheerleading statue in the in the case, like its eyes follow you, man?" And like, and and you're like, "Yeah," because it's that evil, evil witch mom. mama hanging out in the, in the in her trophy forever. And yeah, and then they they accidentally turn amy into a rat or amy accidentally turns herself into a rat i can't remember yeah when they were in the kindergarten episode she like turned herself into a rat and couldn't get back right to like yeah. escape being burned yes yes that's exactly right yeah good one that's like the only time we see those parents those terrible parents yeah it's it's either <laughs> they're, they're they've eaten a lot of chocolate stick. and they're acting like children or they're burning their children at the stake like Though that does also of one half a dozen run another. There was also that um, episode where Buffy has to lead the uh, parent teacher night. She has to fix up the the hall for the parent teacher night, and um, Joyce, you know, kick, hits Spike in the head with the, like an axe and makes him run off. And great, oh, yeah. great mom moment. She was like, "Get off my daughter, you freak!" <laughs> and all the vampires ran away. Man, what a great, great show. I, I'm i probably going to watch it again sometime soon because this this talk has really gotten me excited about it. Um, did you ever do any of the... Did you ever read any of the comics after? No, I haven't. I'm not opposed to the idea, of course, but um, I hear they get pretty dark, which is which is dope. Um, I just haven't... I haven't. <sighs> I live in New York right now, and I feel like more collectible items is not what I need. No, no, my, no. In my dorm size room, but one day, one day, I'll sit on the couch and read probably a compendium of Buffy comics. I hope they have that. They do. They do. Yeah. I mean, I think the like 18th season just started in the comics. Oh yeah. See, there's always room in my heart for more Buffy. Do you have other, so you don't have the comics, but do you, uh, beyond the, like, DVDs, do you have any other, like, Buffy, Buffy things? Um, I have some, like, hair scrunchies, which I think she would approve of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have any um, of my, like, fun paraphernalia. You don't have see. a Sir Stabby or anything? No, and I, I should. I should get a get a Mr. Stabby. He would be that would be a wonderful collectible item that could also serve as a defense mechanism in the city. So I think that's probably my my go to now. Gotta just find a really good pointy stick. Yeah. <laughs> Hang it on my wall. Yeah, and I mean you wouldn't be the only person yelling that you're killing vampires in New York. No. <laughs> Definitely not. 
Well, I feel like it's the perfect weapon because it's wood, so it'll go through any metal detector that you happen to go through. You know, mm-hmm. perfect for TSA. And you know, most <laughs> people think like, "Hey, what the fuck? It's a wooden stake." And it's like, I don't know, but that it's like stab, stab. If ever you should, I I think it's perfect. I think that this is a wonderful idea. Yeah, it's always good to have a, a pointy stick in case of emergencies. <laughs> so many good weapons though um i I, if we're like winding down let me end on this note because i think that weapons that are used in buffy a lot of the time are are vastly underplayed um she can do just about anything and a lot of the time she just uses her her fists for her weapon and that's dope but i especially love the episode um when they they finally get the big guy all pieced back together and he's like the destroyer of worlds um one of you two will know what's the what's the name ultron he's basically an ultron oh what is his name yeah um i i don't know his name it's literally like big demon or something you know yeah the worst guy (laughs) the most powerful end of the world (laughs) and they're at a shopping mall of all places him and spike and drusilla and stupid angel now that he's back in his like evil angel mode and uh They steal an Uzi and they explode him into millions of pieces. Uh, bazooka. Bazooka, yeah. I mean, it was it was okay. crazy. Xander, Xander uses his favorite. military training from when he <laughs> became a soldier on Halloween to okay. fake his way to get a fucking bazooka. <laughs> and there's everything sunnydale is a very small town with a lot of shit in it there's a military base <laughs> i mean where else would you put a military base besides sunnydale if sunnydale were real, that real sounds like a great idea <laughs> oh so many good halloween episodes also. oh yeah so great well um, I guess, uh, do you have anything else about Buffy you'd like, you, you want to tell us about any, any important thing that we have not talked about or plot line you, we, we haven't talked about? I mean, there are so many, but you can't go into <laughs> yeah, all of them. Forever. Um, yeah, we could, I could literally talk about it forever, which is, which is why I was like bringing myself down to like the low point, which is, you know, the weapons are really great, but like also they're not as important to me as like the people that are in the show. And I think, you know, like I said, it's just so great to watch them all growing up. And there are so many like side stories that mean so much, like, like, um, Giles's girl, the like gypsy lady. What is her name? Oh, I literally was just uh, thinking uh, of it. Calendar. Uh, yeah. Yes. Miss calendar. Miss calendar. Jenny calendar. Jenny mm-hmm. calendar. Like, I boohooed for Jenny Calendar. She was great and, like, so great. And then and Faith. Giles thought he was about to get some. Yeah, and he, should, he would have. dead. Yeah, and now she's dead. But then there was also Faith, and Faith was super cool, and I really liked her. And, like, 
having her around like it was you know obviously she made lots of poor choices but like I felt like she was a good dynamic with Buffy and it was cool to watch them fight also um and like even the earlier extra vampire slayer Kendra from wherever (laughs) she was great too so like I could I could literally go on and on about all of the the stories and how great they are um but but I think just if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. And if you have, you should rewatch it. And that like reading Harry Potter, watching Buffy makes you a better person. But I feel like basing your personality around Buffy the Vampire Slayer would be better than basing your personality off of Harry Potter. Much more interesting. But thank you so much, Sarah. I I think me and Jamie have both really enjoyed this conversation and getting to know more about your love for Buffy. Um, you've taken to, to some really awesome places. And so thank you so much for speaking with us. And this was all queued up. I'm Steven. This is for Jamie. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Hey. Right. Okay.